0: Welcome to Supplier Experience Live from Hicks, where we explore all the latest topics, trends and discussion points in the world of procurement, procurement technology and supplier experience management. My name is Duncan Clark and welcome to the podcast. Today, we're heading to London to speak with Jason Roberts. Jason is the CEO and founder of Collider, which is a B2B marketplace for tenders with the aim of connecting procurement buyers to B2B suppliers. So welcome Jason and thank you for taking the time out to join us.
1: Duncan thanks for the welcome for the introduction,
0: thank you. So in this podcast we're going to be taking a look at the benefits of supplier diversity but before that Jason could you just tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're working on at the moment? Yeah
1: sure, so what's interesting and uh, welcome to everyone as well who's listening on this, on this, uh, this podcast, it's a great opportunity to, to speak to, to you all. Um, so look, my background's interesting. I, I, well, first of all, I come from a single parent background in South London, a place called Brixton. Um, but from a career standpoint, I was working in financial services for about 24 years now, 11 of those years were spent, uh, working for a number of investment banks, including the likes of JP Morgan, where I was uh, a member of staff there for about five years. And after 11 years in investment banking, I then moved. And I should say that was on the technology side, so not a, not a banker but on the, on the the technology side. And after that, I then moved to actually selling technology back to asset managers, investment firms, and hedge funds. So it was there where I cut my teeth in the sales profession, but also got a good understanding of what some of the challenges are that are faced by procurement professionals, along with sales individuals as well.
0: And then what is the story behind Collider? Right. So
1: if you consider the the, the sales process, right, when building a a sales pipeline, salespeople typically make 50 or 60 phone calls every day, uh, trying to find where there's opportunity. Now that equates around 16 or 17,000 phone calls per year and that salespeople make trying to find uh, opportunity. So they're always calling prospects and typically those individuals are calling the business um, people within a company, not necessarily procurement. But on the other side of the scale, you've got a procurement professional who's actually trying to find innovation uh, products and services that they they can use to uh, improve their service offering for their customers and differentiate their customers' experience. But the platforms that are out there today don't really do, uh, they're not really built really or designed to connect businesses to businesses. If you look at it from a B2B perspective, a lot of the platforms out there today are C2C or they are B2C. So business to consumer, business to customer. What we wanted to do with the cloud of platform was build the ability for businesses to connect to other businesses. And so as a sales professional, kind of going back, as a sales professional, what i found was it wasn't possible to sell on some of the other platforms because people didn't want to be sold to, but also I was missing opportunity as a salesperson when I was calling people too late or the tenders that they had live were already closed. And so I thought there was a better way to, to bridge the gap between the procurement buyer and the the B2B supplier, so to speak, um, and built the platform from that perspective. Now, I've had the idea for Collider for about six years or so and was kind of running through all the scenarios that I would need in the platform to make it a success and was really proud to have the platform go live. We started building it in April and May, 2020. So right down in the middle of of lockdown and launched the business live um, in the first week of November.
0: That's fantastic news. So congratulations on the launch. And of course, one of the initiatives that Collider can be used for is supplier diversity. So first of all, I'd like to ask, what should we understand by the term supplier diversity? And what exactly is a supplier diversity programme?
1: Right. So that, I think it's a great question. Um, so, so there are a couple of things, right? And in terms of like laying the, 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 uh, the, the landscape properly, what we've got is... Um, There are suppliers out there who are any company really who can provide a a service, a product or service. But then there's also these organizations which are owned by what's called a marginalized or an underutilized community. Now, they make up what is the definition of a diverse supplier. So a diverse supplier, for example, is a company which is at least 51% owned by, and then it's then the, the series of diversities, right? So you've got and female-owned businesses or minority-owned businesses, which could be broken down into black-owned businesses or Asian-owned businesses or other minorities. There's also the consideration for LGBTQ owned companies, um, veteran-owned businesses, disabled-owned businesses, and a new one actually, which is really kind of taking some prominence in the in the industry, is the neurodiverse or neurodivergent um-owned business as well, which is a very fascinating one because. Neuro, a neurodivergent individual could be someone with Asperger's, for example, or autism. And what's happened is, for many of these types of companies, they struggle to be seen, or struggle to grow, or struggle to do business with other companies. Um, sometimes because of conscious or unconscious biases that they might be, uh, they might experience. Um, but also because sometimes where these are smaller businesses, they don't always have access to the resources to be seen out there in the marketplace. So a supply, to get to the point, a supply diversity program is a program designed by a buyer to spend particular amount of money with diverse suppliers.
0: And I saw that the U.S. has been quoted as being ahead of Europe when it comes to these types of programs. What benefits are there to supplier diversity or supplier diversity programs?
1: Yeah, so if you look at it, you know, it's a good, good point to raise about the U.S. Now, the U.S. have had um, regulation in place for about the last 10, maybe 12 years or so. There's a Dodd-Frank law that came into or action that came into, into fruition. And that was designed to kind of help the marginalized organizations Um, and prosper and grow now when you look at other businesses like this and you've got to be very careful here okay because other companies who are not considered diverse do a great job as well with innovation and creativity but there's a lot there's lots of them what you tend to find as the benefits of diverse suppliers is really access to the ability to open up new markets but also for buyers to explore um innovation now uh, as I blackmail myself, my culture might allow me to do something very different to how other cultures might do things. We might approach a problem a different way. So what you get access to when working with diverse suppliers can sometimes be a different way of thinking, a different way of approaching the problem, and therefore the ability to provide a different solution. And what that means to the actual buyer is they get this level of innovation that really could differentiate their customers' experience. Or more importantly, by working with a diverse supplier. It can also open up brand new markets
0: to that buyer as well. Are there any first steps that you'd recommend in order to get started? And I'm looking here, I, I guess, for any pragmatic advice that you'd give here.
1: It's really interesting because there's so many moving parts. You know, some of these so organisations are huge, right? I, I won't call names at this point, but uh, a very large organisation went live. Uh, with an announcement in January announcing that they would be spending some 2 billion euros per year and with diverse suppliers. Now, I think their spend might be close to 65 or 70 billion euros per year anyway, on procurement. So they've agreed to spend 2 billion at least per year with diverse suppliers across the global markets. So one of the first things that really has to be achieved is getting management sign-off. That's at the kind of the board and executive level that they that this company that a company uh, agrees with the social benefits and the social purpose around supply diversity and and supporting those marginalized organizations so management buying is critical as well as you have to agree a value or a price or amount of money that you want to spend with those diverse suppliers by by agreeing to a number what it does is allows you to have a uh, a focus how are you, are you able to measure uh, your success so, having um a process in place for management to approve the so the spend is one of the key steps. In addition to that, um it's not just about spending money with with small businesses or diverse organizations. the a typical program should include the ability um to help develop that small or diverse company as well. But what I mean by that is giving them the tools to be able to maybe learn how to present effectively or how to position their product effectively, or you know, giving them the tools that they can sustain themselves afterwards through trainings and, and programs. So there are a number of things that a supply diversity program does and a number of things that it aims to achieve, but, but the challenge has been really for these companies has been really around, it's been technology really, right? And access to data. Now we said earlier that the US, they've got the databases and the platforms out there to help them across the UK and and Europe, we actually don't have those systems in place where we can, uh, in a pragmatic and effective and efficient way, identify a diverse supplier to be included in a tender. So just bear in mind, this is about inclusivity. It's not about exclusivity, which would suggest that only diverse suppliers are are invited to tender. It's about being able to ensure that that they are specifically invited in. So having the right technology systems in place to help them do that has been procurement's biggest challenge, but one of the things that they have to um, solve
0: in order to help them achieve their objectives. So talking about data there, I was wondering, is it a data problem? Is it an awareness problem? Or is it both of those? Where, Where should our focus be?
1: Oh, that's a great question. So let's look at the data side first of all.
0: Um, across again, the Europe, and,
1: Europe, and and UK, uh, we don't register companies under under any key data other than the size of our company, right? What is our legal entity? Are we a limited company, PLC, et cetera? We don't capture any data around the diversity of a business owner or the makeup of that that ownership board. You know, is the is the is the non-executive director? Are they black, white, disabled? Um, LGBTQ, et cetera. So, data has been a huge challenge. But with that, there's also the difficulty in conversation because we are going through a, a transition ourselves as a culture across the UK, particularly, um, and I'm sure across Europe as well, around diversity, um, equity, and inclusion. So, uh, you know, even if you look at it from a HR perspective, trying to employ someone where there are programs to try to in- include or expand the diversity within a work, within an employment base. You know, you don't necessarily ask someone, well, are you black or are you female? You, so that those those bits of data aren't captured really anywhere um, from a business perspective. So data has been a challenge. And this is what we do as a business. Our whole focus, look, me as a person, okay, my brand, my personal brand is to actually help people. I like the idea of helping people to offer my time, offer my advice, offer, offer my resources where I can. So what we do, what I did was notice that there was this gap in the market where that data was not captured across the UK or Europe and built a platform to help that be possible but more importantly it also then allows the companies themselves to achieve their goals and in turn that benefits the suppliers and then the suppliers suppliers as well so data certainly has been a challenge for these buyers the ability to categorize and capture and, and engage with diverse suppliers And like I say, invite them to tender. Those are the main issues and challenges that these organizations have that have fantastic objectives.
0: Well, it's great that you're able to make a difference via Collider here. And I'd be interested to know then, what's next? What's next for you? What's been fantastic for us is we are the UK's first
1: fully inclusive online B2B marketplace for tenders. Right? We're the only per- company doing this, so we have a competitive advantage across anyone else. But what that means is we have some fantastic partnerships that we're establishing with huge companies who want to spend like, you know, billions and billions of pounds with diverse suppliers. Again, for those who don't understand, all, you know, it's not to exclude non-diverse companies, but it's to allow an opportunity for these diverse companies, these underutilized uh, and uh, marginalized companies to to prosper as well. So we've been working with a number of very large partners, and we've got some news coming out in the next couple of months with some of these relationships that we have, where these companies want to put their tenders, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, billions of pounds of tenders into the Clada platform for suppliers and diverse suppliers to be able to apply for and hopefully win. So what we want to do is you know, we want to be certainly uh, a, a partner in the resuscitation of the UK PLC's uh, economy by helping these small businesses thrive and grow and become the next behemoths. You know, as we've seen, COVID over 2020 decimated our supply chain. You know, businesses were, were shut down and it's left opportunities for small companies that survived through the COVID pandemic to actually now grow their client base, grow their businesses and grow their legacy. So we're really proud to be at the forefront of that. And to do that, our partnerships with um, firms that we're working with is going to be really paramount to helping these smaller firms succeed uh, in the future. So
0: what's your overall objective? What's the goal?
1: Our goal is to build a legacy as a really large UK startup business that is helping other companies survive and do well. So we've got fantastic uh, ambitions for ourselves as a company, but more importantly, our objective is really aligned with these partners that we're speaking to. And
0: they're some of the biggest names in, in, in finance, in technology. So in terms of large enterprise, large organizations, then, should they be doing more to help diverse suppliers or smaller businesses to do business with them? What, what's your thoughts on this?
1: These large buyers, they've understood and they've seen that there's a problem between how a large company can facilitate a tender versus a smaller company. So part of that process around how does a company get ready to participate in a diverse supplier program, right? This is also looking at SMEs and small companies as well. So it's, you know, do you have a 50 page tender document and go through all these rigorous treks? and must your credit rating be AAA? Where can you reduce some of these barriers to allow smaller companies to compete, to allow smaller companies to participate as well? So they are, the buyers themselves are aware of these challenges. And they understand they need to move the needle somewhat in terms of what their expectations are, not in the service that's, be, that's going to be delivered, but the process that they, that they have to onboard these, uh, these, these diverse suppliers and small businesses. And this, this is the power of Collider, right? They want to be able to say, show me a, a micro-sized company, right? So let's say under 10 people who do human resource consultancy. They are female-owned and they're based in Bristol. That's the power of what we can do within the cloud platform. And that capability has been designed by somebody's partners. So they're committed to supporting the, the, the outcomes of the small businesses by being able to actually want to identify them that they can invite them to participate in tenders as well. So that's kind of evidence that these that this isn't just talk. These companies are going to be going public with their announcements, but that's what they want to do and their commitment to funding small businesses as well, is proof is in that pudding.
0: It certainly is. And it's good to hear about some of the progress being made as well. On that note, I'd like to say thank you very much, Jason. Thank you for joining us today. It's been great to discuss this topic with you. For those that want to know more about the Collider platform, the website is collider.co. And now all that remains is for me to say thanks again. And we look forward to seeing your upcoming news.
1: Fantastic, Duncan. It's been great. I think it's great to give the topic um, air and to get people aware of what some of the challenges that are out there that are experienced by smaller businesses and their suppliers and just exactly what the country is doing and organizations are doing to try to improve the outcomes of those those organizations as well. So thank you for the time.
0: If you enjoyed today's podcast, please don't forget to hit the like or subscribe button. Or for more information about us, visit our website, www.pix.com.